Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello everyone, Lydia here. I play Melanie in the Magnus Archives and Cell in Rusty Quill Gaming. Letting you know that today's episode is sponsored by Maltopia, a new world of horror fiction. Maltopia is a diverse collection of original horror and dark fiction featuring interconnected standalone stories, limited series and long-form serials, all set within the ever-expanding literary world of Maltopia. The series explores our modern-day world in the aftermath of the Great Darkness of 1999, a year-long global amnesia that not all survived. 
Maltopia is a small team of three writers who have spent years creating a richly textured world with a deep mythology. Find Maltopia, a new world of horror fiction, on Acast or your favourite podcast platform and visit maltopia.com. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A dot com to learn more. Rusty Quill presents The Magnus Archives Episode 182 Well-being Seriously? Yep. Not an hour from an oasis and we're already at Sinistar Hospitals. It's the next stop on our journey. Of course it is, and of course there's no chance for a warm-up. A warm-up? Yeah, you know, something a bit more manageable. A chance to get our bearings a bit first. What exactly did you have in mind? I don't know. You know, like like a creepy bus stop or something. I'm afraid not. Truth be told, I'm actually feeling pretty great. Which isn't necessarily a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, I know. We stayed in Salasis as long as you could. A bit longer, actually. I was uh, not really holding it together by the end. Why didn't you say something? It's fine. I'm fine. Yeah, now. I just thought, with Daisy and Basira and You needed a break. Some time to process. We both did. But apparently I'm the only one who got to. It's okay. I deal with things differently these days. I just wanted to make sure that you were doing okay. Was I wrong to hold off? No. No, you weren't. (laughs) Just getting the chance to sleep again was... Oh well. Good while it lasted. Come on then. Nightmare hospital it is. Would it help if I told you we were actually starting to get a bit closer to London? Well, what was London? Actually, yes. That does help a bit. How many more? Depends on... uh, a few, at least. Right. Right, let's get on with it then. It got worse, worse. Martin, uh, much be worse. polite. <laughs> Hello. Pleasure, yes. Hello. I am Dr. Doe, Jane. 
Welcome into my hospital, Inspector. I Inspector? You have come here to over-observe, yes? To Inspector. I... Uh, I suppose so, y yes. Then follow. Let us tour our well-being center. Keep your screams inside, if you want to be polite. Right. It's, uh, it's a beautiful building. Do not insult me. I, I, okay. Hmm. What's it called? Called? The hospital. Ah. St. Bleeding Centre for Well-Being. Right. Martin, keep your eyes forward. I'm the doctor. Seriously, she's all the better than what's horror. in the rooms. Trust me. Right. You must look in here to see one of our 400 operating theatres, where we ensure any well-being is swiftly and awfully dispatched. Right, right. Sometimes is an anatomical wellness. Sometimes the well-being they possess is mental. In both cases, we have grinding machines and anti-trained doctors on nails to deal with it. Nobody who comes into the hospital leaves right, or at all. Oh, good. Good Lord. It is a thing to look at, isn't it? How much do they suffer, Inspector? I... what? I help to cure them of their well-being, but I cannot know if my work is appreciated. I can only guess if fear. You know. Does it work? Do they hurt? Yes. Yes, they hurt. <laughs> this pleases me. Is there... Uh, is, is, is there anything here that isn't surgeries? There are all sorts of machines. Plenty of medicine. Any, uh, wards? Beds, maybe? Sometimes rooms. Sometimes we throw them in a pit. A pit, right, yeah. We have a canteen. Don't ask about the canteen. What are you going to ask about the canteen? Um, Dr. Doe, thank you so much for the tour. There is uh, more. Oh. Good. John. John, over there, is, is that, um... He is a janitor. You are allowed to ignore him. Right. John. John. Right. Uh, 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 doctor, is there an empty room he can use, please? What is he doing? He needs to talk about all the horrible things this place does. Oh, wonderful. This way. Patient, Jeremy W. Date and place of birth, 4th August 1977, North Manchester General Hospital. Date and place of last contentment, 8th July 2013, Sunrise, on Arthur's Seat Hilltop, Edinburgh. Complaint, generalised pain and creeping ennui. Surgical procedures thus far, 802. Prognosis, delightful. They always wore masks when they stood over his bed, those thin blue, or were they green, surgical masks. 
but they somehow covered the entire faces of the doctors and the nurses and the orderlies that swarmed in and around him. Jeremy didn't know how they could see with their eyes covered, but it was a long time since he had realistically thought there might be anything human behind the medical garb. They wore loose, baggy scrubs, head coverings that gave no sign of hair, and thick, waterproof aprons. Whenever they were about to touch him, they would snap on another vinyl glove over the layers and layers of similar gloves that would have long since cut off all the blood to their hands, if they had any. There was no way to tell the time here. The window in his room grew bright and dark, but the light was wrong for the sun. At some point he'd broken the glass in a desperate attempt to escape, but was confronted by a fluorescent light installed in front of a brick wall. He had tried to count how long it was on for and how long it was off, but it seemed almost random, and the pain grew worse when he tried to keep track of time. At some point, in each lighted time, they would come, unlocking the rusty iron door of his hospital room and surrounding his bed three deep. Some were tall and narrow, others wide or crooked. None of them were quite the right proportions to be convincingly human. They mumbled among themselves, meaninglessly saying words like intubation, radiology, or stat. Occasionally one of them would touch him. The strange texture of their bodies was clear even through all the layers in which they hid. Eventually, one of them, and it was always a different one, would push to the front. I am the doctor, it would say. Are you well? This was it. The moment of truth, the point at which all Jeremy's anxiety came to a head. They all leaned in, hidden faces focused on him as though drinking in his desperation. He had to make an answer, a simple yes or no. He'd learned the hard way that nuanced answers or stoic silence only made it worse. So he picked one. A roll of the dice. In many ways it didn't matter which he chose, as there was no way to determine if the doctor of the day considered his wellness an aim to be achieved, or a condition that required curing. Yes, he might say. I am well. And if he had chosen right, the mask would widen as though the face behind it extended in a smile. Wonderful, would come the response. Keep it up. And the crowd would file out and lock the door behind them, leaving Jeremy to wait for his next assessment. But he rarely seemed to choose right. The rest of the time a shudder of anticipation would pass through the medical things around him. Well... Let's see what we can do about treating that, the doctor would say. And they would descend upon him and drag him away for treatment. Patient, Renee T. Date and place of birth, 27th November, 1990. Royal Hallamshire Hospital. Date and place of last contentment? 27th November 2015. Birthday party prior to father's stroke. Complaint. Facial paralysis. 
Surgical procedures thus far, 560. Prognosis? Exciting. She always thought she hated the diagnosis the most. Those long, excruciating minutes of probing and poking, of temperature taking in needles, drawing blood and mucus and tears and black bile and yellow bile, all to be tested and tasted and twisted. A dozen staff flapping around her like carrion birds, stealing a little bit more of her each time for their own clumsy guesses and painful assumptions. All the while the dread was building, focusing to a hot, tight little ball that settled just below her stomach and shot it through with agonizing reminders of her fear. Her face, of course, remained impassive, unable to show her mounting dread. Finally, one of the creatures would step forward, never one she recognized, and announce the diagnosis. Skin, it might say, or liver, or bones. And once, only once, soul. Then the treatment would begin. Surgery was the most common treatment, and one for which the doctors often reached. Renée would be strapped down tighter to her chair and wheeled into the lift that smelled like ammonia and rot. It would descend far, far down into the belly of the hospital before she was wheeled down the longest corridor in the building, barely wide enough to fit her trolley. The soon-to-be surgeon walked in front, whistling a tune that never resolved itself into a melody. Finally, she would be placed in the centre of the theatre, bright lights rendering the rows upon rows of silently watching doctors nothing but silhouettes. Sometimes there was enough anaesthetic to lock her limbs in place, other times they simply let her thrash. It dulled the pain, but the pain was never the problem. Regardless, they always strapped the anaesthetic mask tight to her face before they began to cut. The procedure varies depending on the diagnosis. An organ diagnosis was simple. Open her up, dig around inside her until they could remove something that could conceivably be a liver or a pancreas or a gallbladder. Then put something back in its place. Sometimes what they put in was hard and sharp, digging into her when she tried to move. Sometimes it was soft and putrid she could feel it rotting away within. Occasionally, it was alive, and she could feel it clawing to get out. When the diagnosis had been skinned, they had peeled her piece by piece before they painted the inside of it with something dark and sticky, then sewed it back on. All through, she could do nothing but watch as they cut and swapped and conjectured her body, unable to speak, to move, to do anything but watch these anonymous things play with everything she was. But worse, perhaps, were the medicines. If they prescribed her medicine, she tried her best not to take it, but the pills would crawl down her throat when she wasn't paying attention, and the solutions would pour themselves in her ear when she lay down to rest. They might have done nothing be naught but dust and sugar, but she could never be sure. The sickness, the seizures, the spasms, the sadness. If it wasn't the medicine, then it was inside her, and it had always been inside her. 
and she just didn't know. Patient, Kelly M. Date and place of birth, 1st April 1982, Bournemouth Hospital. Date and place of last contentment, not recalled. Complaint, headaches. Surgical procedures thus far, 220. Prognosis, unwise. In her locked and darkened room, she waited for the doctors to come. She looked to the small strip of fluorescence that spilled beneath the door, but nothing disturbed it. When would they come? When would they give her her next treatment? The last doctor had told her it was her heart. They had rushed her down to the theatre and tore open her chest with something that looked like a pastry crimper and reached inside. Her bile rose at the memory of those strange, boneless fingers brushing against her lungs. Then they had gripped something, and pulled it out of her slowly and almost tenderly. Kelly remembered it had at first looked like a child, a baby, but it had her face and stole away her smile. She didn't see what they did with it. But in its place they put a cold and glassy thing, a frozen tube that beats and pumps out ice water that makes her shiver all through the deepest parts of herself. It still pumps now, as Kelly sits shivering in the corner of her room. How long has it been? There is no way to tell, not here. But they will come back. They must come back, they always do. They must swap out this cold and hollow emptiness for some fresh pain and, and torture. She longs to feel the pain, as it is at least a feeling. But the fear has grown inside her now. What if the doctors have finished? What if she is treated and this is all there is now? What if she is well? Kelly looks to the door and waits. Excuse me, doctor. Just cleaning up. Oh, I'm uh, not a doctor. Whatever. I've got work to do. Hang on. Hang on, are you... Wait, which one are you? Hope or... Um... Breacon. Hope's dead. Do I know you? Hmm. Hope's dead? Be on the nose, isn't it? Glad losing half my existence has given you a funny little metaphor. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> that's not actually a metaphor per se, so... Piss off. Oh, I'm sorry, am I, am I supposed to be sympathising? After everything you two did to people? Guess not. Who are you waiting for? Maybe I can rip them away from you. See how you like it. You're welcome to try. Wait. No, I do know you. We gave you a delivery, didn't we? Years back. 
You're one of Magnus's lot, right? I was, yes. Wait, so does that mean in there, the archivist? That's right. I'll wait with you. I thought you had work to do. Just spreading the smell around. Doesn't matter. None of it matters. Right. Hello again, Brecon. Yeah. He hasn't been bothering you, has he, Martin? Well... Nah. Just been chatting. Naturally. So you've come to me? Didn't mean to. No, but you have. Is there something you want? Isn't there? Yeah. Say it. Kill me. Wait, what? The way I figure, you're the one who made all this. So if anyone can end it, you can. Can you do it? Yes, I can. But, 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 like, why would you want him to? Isn't this whole thing like a dream come true for all of you monsters? You think I dream of mopping floors? No. We're... I'm a delivery man. We arrive somewhere, deliver terror and death, then leave, never to be seen again. Not much call for that now everyone's in their little kingdoms. Maybe if we were complete, we could have done something. Baz is. No. Can't say I want this to be my forever. I see. Besides, it hurts all the time. The eye won't ever stop watching and... It isn't great for an anonymous thing like us. Like me. Very well. I warn you, though. It will hurt. Only until it doesn't, though. Right? Right. Good luck. Whatever. Ceaseless watcher. Gaze upon this thing. This lost and broken splinter of fear. Take what is left of it as your own, and leave no trace of it behind. It is yours. Right. I suppose we should find Dr. Doe. Finish our tour. Do we have to? Probably not. I don't really know how to feel about that. About Brecon? Yeah. Me neither. I didn't enjoy it, but... I don't know. Almost felt like doing a favour for an old friend. An old friend who hated us? I guess. Maybe we don't have to feel any way at all. Come on, this place is starting to get to me.
The Magnus Archives is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was written by Jonathan Sims, produced by Lorianne Davis, and directed by Alexander J. Newell. It featured Jonathan Sims as the archivist, Alexander J. Newell as Martin Blackwood, Ms. Mabel Syrup as Dr. Jane Doe, and Martin Corcoran as Brecon. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill. visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord via the website, or on Reddit at r slash the Magnus Archives. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, Alex here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. The Flying Piano, Anna, Christian Nabley, This Is Trash King, Catherine N, Shane Crowley, Robert Johnson, Cats and Bolts, Sarah Kitchen, Schneefink, Spooky Ghost Boy, Lissy, Indigo Lee, Kate Sanchez, The Cookie of Doom, Dana Milligan, David McCallick, XBF Noodles, Voivre, Casey Robertson, Chris Zvierken, Amelia Ford, Mr. Don, Mia Kong, Alice Erebus, Nine, Alice Kneep, Holoxam, Aaron Mitchell, Christina Connolly, Emily Brooks Martin, Caroline Schmidt, Rebecca Bonomi, Falcom Reynolds, Kirsty Proctor, Parker, Salem Helgadotir, Rebecca Burrows, AC, Amber, Eternitarian, Buff Mothman, Stuart Platt, Michael Goulish, Lauren Fisher, Agru, Dane, I Like Cetaceans, and SCP-2521. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash rustyquill and take a look at our rewards. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, it's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not this future that is terrifying, but our present. The Programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about The Programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and see you later.